reflect on that truth that we can stand in awe and wonder at you. Your name is a great name, and Father, help us to be remade in that truth here tonight. Father, help us to see you for who you are a little bit more clearly tonight. Father, I pray for these kids. Help them to have fun. Help them to have a lot of joy. And I pray that you'll help them know you on a deeper level tonight. We love you a lot. In Jesus' name, amen. Kids, have a great time. Everybody doing all right? Good enough to eat? Good, 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 good. Hey, my name is Dallas. If I haven't met you, I'd love to meet you after the service. Uh, introduce yourself, get to know you a little bit better. Uh, I got a couple of announcements before we get into our message tonight. Uh, one, I wanted to introduce to you all our new life group book for the semester. Uh, I've reached out to the life group leaders, talked to them about this. I know our people have been uh, very hungry for a book of the Bible study. And so that's what we're going to do this semester. We've got uh, a study on the book of John by John MacArthur. And to be honest with you guys, John MacArthur is not really one of my like go-to people. Um, uh, you know, I don't really follow him closely. There's people I kind of align myself with a little bit more than, than John MacArthur. But I think he's really theologically rich. He's really good with scripture commentary, and I think we'll be able to really dive deep into the book of John this semester. So um, I'm hoping to get these to you all by January 22nd, uh, that Sunday, get it to the life group leaders, and then we can start the semester. Life groups should be uh, starting up by the end of this month. Uh, some, I think, may be waiting until the first week in February. Uh, but if you are not a part of a life group and you'd like more information about our life groups, uh, you can reach out to uh, leadership at gracemeadows.cc. We'll give you more information about like the groups and when they meet and stuff like that. Or you can just come talk to a leader and we'll get you more information about that as well. Um, also, we have a new ministry partner um, that we just started this month partnering with called Recovery Soldiers. And I wanted to share just a little bit about that ministry with you here tonight. I visited yesterday with uh, Josh Scalf. He's the director there at Recovery Soldiers. And essentially, this is their uh, vision. It is to provide men and women with a faith-based recovery program. This is uh, from addiction, from drug addiction, uh, that promotes spiritual development through practical biblical teaching and comprehensive life skills that release them from the bondage of addiction. Uh, they have around 35 men at one facility, 35 women at another facility, and they uh, are all in different phases in their recovery, and um, they are working on trades. They're working on uh, auto mecha uh, mechanic training. Uh, they've got construction people on site teaching them skills and stuff like that as they recover from addiction so that when they complete the program, they can then go on and uh, get jobs and have successful careers thereafter. Um, if you have questions about Recovery Soldiers, uh, come talk to me. I think there's going to be a lot of good ways to get involved there. Uh, they will need uh, cooks. They'll need people to serve meals. 
uh, they'll need people to come in and, and teach some of these trades. Um, they'll need people to come in and just develop relationships with them, give them hope in the midst of their addiction, their recovery, all that. I was walking with Josh uh, yesterday, and we were touring the facility and everything that they got there, and he would just, uh, he, we'd run into somebody, and he'd say, say, hey, tell Dallas your story. And man, just they'd blow you away. One guy said, I'd been on meth for 20 years, which I, I come from, you know, counseling background, and I thought I hadn't seen somebody be on meth for 20 years because it ruins your life and takes your life before that. But he had been on for 20 years, and he said, I am off of meth. I've been off meth for a year. I come to the facility here, and I come to have a relationship with Jesus. He's changed my life. And uh, another person said uh, she was on drugs for seven years, and she came to the program, and she uh, found Jesus. And now, in fact, she is on staff at Recovery Soldiers working there. And uh, just amazing story after story after story. So again, if you have questions about Recovery Soldiers, um, let me know and we'll get you plugged in to serve there as well. Uh, so tonight, we are starting a five-week, I think I had said initially six weeks, but it's a five-week series on the spiritual practices. Um, we won't cover all the spiritual practices, but we will cover at least five of them. Uh, over the next five weeks, and essentially what we're trying to do is step into our formation as followers of Jesus, to, to take our next steps in our relationship with Jesus. So we're going to talk through some practices over the next five weeks to help do that. Uh, tonight, we are going to talk about Sabbath. So y'all didn't think I was going to go there, did you? Or maybe you did. Maybe, maybe I already told you. I don't know. But um, there's a couple schools of thought on Sabbath. One is that this is uh, one of the Ten Commandments that, it, well, I mean, that's a thought regardless. So it's, it is a Ten Commandment, right? It's one of them. Um, and so because it is in the Ten Commandments, then we ought to honor and consistently observe it because it's in the Ten Commandments. And not only is it in the Ten Commandments, but God himself rested on the seventh day. So, of course, we must rest. We must take one day a week and rest because God rested. And this would be probably in any conversation to this uh, school of thought, this would be the ultimate trump card in any conversation. You'd say, well, what about so-and-so? And they'd say, no, 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 but God rested. And you'd say, well, but what about the context of it? And, no, 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 God rested. Period, end of story. If God rested, we must rest. And that's one, one side of the argument. Um, one of the good things about that is it would set us up for consistent practices that help us take a step back, take a step away from the work and everything, and just focus on rest. I think one of the drawbacks of this way of thinking, though, is um, that it can become a little bit ritualistic and maybe even legalistic if we're not careful. I mean, you look at uh, the, the story with the, the Pharisees. Right, that Jesus kind of confronts them and he says, you know, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. They had created all these laws and all this legalism that went with it. And they, in fact, ended up missing the point altogether. That they got uh, the perspective wrong, that they actually started to harm people instead of using the Sabbath to help people, to bring life and rest uh, through the Sabbath. Um, I do have uh, friends who consistently kind of have this mentality that they take one day every week 
and they observe the Sabbath. And I think it really does help them to, to rest, um, to be rejuvenated, and then the rest of the six days to kind of put work in the right perspective. I, my concern, though, is as we have this approach that we say, yeah, I'm going to do, I'm going to start at 5 o'clock, and I'm going to light a candle, and I'm going to do so and so and so and so and so and so, and then before you know it, it becomes less about finding rest in the king and more about sort of this hyper-morality or legalism as we get too far into the details that we miss the main thing altogether. Uh, the other school of thought is that Jesus is our Sabbath rest. That Jesus has come, and, and many would point to the fact that uh, nine of the Ten Commandments are uh, observed in the New Testament multiple times over, but not the Sabbath. And it's to that point that Jesus himself is our Sabbath rest. That Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary, and I am the one who will give you rest. This word Sabbath is a, a Hebrew, uh, um, what's it called, Shabbat, which means that God stopped. He ceased to work. And so now, because we have access to Jesus, it's not just about one day. It's we have access to rest all seven days of the week. And we can find our rest in him, and we don't have to wait until one day of the week. I think one of the major benefits of this way of thinking is that you get the big picture, right? If you make it all about Jesus, it's hard to get bogged down in the details because you've got the big picture in mind that this is about Jesus. And I think one of the drawbacks of this way of thinking is that um, it, it doesn't in itself set you up for specific practices each week to help you be reminded to sit and rest and experience life and experience this light burden that he offers. So, the question is, which path do we take as Grace Meadows Church? Which approach do we take? Which school of thought is better? Well, my answer doesn't help a whole lot because to me it doesn't matter. Um, take whatever approach you want as long as you focus on the king in the midst, as long as you find your rest in the king. Uh, my personal opinion is really the latter, is that it is no longer a command to observe the Sabbath, that our rest does come in our relationship with Jesus, but I think we also ought to remember that we are invited into a Sabbath rest. I think it's a good idea to find time, whether it's a 24-hour period, whatever it may look like, don't legalize it, but I think it's important for us to find time to sit and rest in Jesus each week. Um, Yeah, oh, and the other thing I was going to say is there are a lot of things in our lives that are wise but aren't necessarily commands. So it's not a command to start your day in silence. I, I think we've talked in, you know, many times about the fact that I think it would be wise for us to start our day in silence, but it's not a command. And I feel that same way about the Sabbath, that silence is uh, really the sound. I know it sounds kind of corny, but I always say this, that it, it is the sound of 
God's spirit starting to speak into our souls. I think that God is a gentleman, that he um, doesn't often want to speak over all the other voices at play in our lives, but when we uh, let it be silent in our hearts, that's when he begins to speak to us. I think the same is true with taking intentional time, a gap of time, and having Sabbath rest. That it's this opportunity for us to, to feel his presence in the midst, that we know he's always present with us, but it's this intentional time for us to actually feel and focus on his presence in our lives. Uh, I was talking to somebody just this week, and we were talking about how uh, Jesus' burden is light. That the burden he offers to us is light. If we don't feel that it's light, there's something going on there, right? That may be something um, in our minds, in our hearts, or it may be something external that's really bothering us. Maybe there's a conflict in a relationship. Maybe there's stuff going on at work. There's all kinds of things, but taking a Sabbath rest allows us to then step away from those things and experience his light burden once again. Sabbath rest can help us to experience his light burden. It's a great tool for us to take time to intentionally get away from that conflict, to find life and restoration in the name of Jesus. Uh, now, if you want to turn to Exodus 16, uh, this is right after God has liberated his people from slavery. Uh, they worked all day long um, in Egypt as slaves, seven days a week. And, and God liberates them out of bondage, and he says, hey, observe the Sabbath, and yet they continue to work. They continue to work, and you'd think maybe on the outside looking in, you'd think maybe they would jump at the opportunity, right, to, to, to take that rest. The problem is they had been so conditioned for so long to work, 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 that they, they couldn't stop. They had to take intentional time to actually practice stopping and resting. And I, I would never compare, uh, you know, our culture to that culture. But I do think that if we're not careful, um, we can become so focused on work at times that we don't intentionally stop and rest. I think one of the great things about our country is that we do work. I mean, like, we take responsibility and we work. If you look at um, how much we work compared to other countries, we're really high up there and that's a good thing like we should be happy about that but I think the temptation that can come with that is to to feel like you're not doing a good thing if you stop and rest that we actually do need that time to stop and rest and that we've been invited to stop and rest uh, Exodus 16 23 through 30 says this, this is Moses talking. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. So they saved it until morning as Moses commanded. And it did not stink or get maggots in it, which is, that's good. <laughs> it's great. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. 
Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where they are on the seventh day. No one is to go out. So the people rested on the seventh day. Now I want to bring just this to our attention tonight because I think we often get bogged down on whether Sabbath is a command or not. And we don't stop to think that Sabbath is an invitation. And that God says this in verse 29. Um, he says, uh, he's, where is it? Uh, Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. The Lord has given you the Sabbath. That this is an invitation that tonight I want us to look at this as this is God granting to us the Sabbath. That he wants us to rest. He wants us to work, but he also wants us to rest. And I think if you go about your days and you, you know, you, you have a, a shift where you just, you know, you work eight days in a row, or you work nine days in a row and stuff like that. I'm not here to tell you tonight that God is going to be upset with you for that. Again, I've told you kind of how I feel about it. I think that, that Jesus is our Sabbath rest and that you can experience that any day of the week. But I do think if we're not taking intentional time in our schedule to rest, then our formation will suffer as Christians that we will start to become shorter with people, that we will start to get more easily frustrated, that we will not be able to give our family the things that we need because in order to experience this light burden that Jesus offers to us, we must take intentional time, put it on our calendar, create margin for us to stop and rest in the name of Jesus so that we can experience this light burden that he offers to us. Uh, another important thing, I think, to keep in mind is that uh, just over a third of Jesus' healing miracles were on the Sabbath. Uh, seven of the 20 that he performs were, were on the Sabbath. And this could just be coincidence. It could also just be the fact that, you know, it was more noteworthy because it was on the Sabbath because you know, it almost felt like Jesus was picking a fight with the Pharisees by picking the Sabbath sometimes, right, to prove a point. Um, but I believe that in John chapter 5, when he heals the man at the pool of Bethesda, the, the man who, who can't walk, he asks him, he says, do you want to be healed? And of course, he says yes. And I think on the Sabbath, when people are consciously observing the Sabbath, they are asking they're inviting God to work in their lives. They're actually coming to him and saying, God, I need rest. I need to experience this light burden that you offer. So they're waiting open-handedly for him to heal. And some of you come in probably tonight and you're waiting for that too. That maybe your mind is worn down. Maybe you've had so many things going on that your mind is worn down. Maybe your heart is, is really just heavy because you've got stuff going on in your life tonight and you need to experience this light burden. Or maybe even physically, you're just, man, I got a job where I just am always on the go and doing things physically and stuff like that. And man, I just need rest. I want to invite us tonight 
like not as a command from the Old Testament, but an invitation now to say we can set aside in our schedule time each week to just stop, cease to work, and allow this healing to come in our lives. Because, y'all, he does give us a light burden. And if we're not feeling that light burden, there's something going on, and our invitation is to observe a Sabbath rest so that that burden can become light once again. Uh, John 10.10 says this, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. God is always here with us, but perhaps Sabbath can be a time in which our souls become awakened to the reality of his presence, thus helping us more and more enter into the fullness of life that he desires for us. Y'all, we are always on the go, aren't we? I mean, we even kind of wear it as a badge of honor, don't we? It's like, hey, how are you? Oh, good, just, just busy, right? I mean, we're busy, and that's a good thing. We have so many responsibilities, and I, I do feel like, like Dan talked about one night about you know, you want to be given responsibilities. Like, that's, that's hashtag goals right there. Like, to, to be stewarded responsibilities is a good thing. But I think we can get everything in the right context. All that work, all those responsibilities, if we're taking conscious time each week to rest, to get away from it, to stop, to cease to work, and then allow that light burden to take place so that all those other times that we're working, it can be put in the right perspective. Y'all, Jesus told the Pharisees that Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And I, I think that they really needed to hear that second part, that man was not made. I mean, they were bogging people down with all these rules and all these things. Don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And it just weighed people down. And I think we don't necessarily need to hear that one as much. I think we need to hear the first one. That Sabbath was made for man. That it was an invitation given to us. Now, we don't need to make it legalistic in any way. We don't need to say, I'm going to do this from Friday at 5 to Saturday at 5. A lot of people do that. And a lot of people get away from legalism. They focus on the important thing. And that's great. Like, if you want to do that. Man, more power to you. Again, I know people who do that, and they, it does wonders for them because they're focused on the main thing. But what I want to tell you here tonight is not that. It's just create margin in your schedule, whether it's a couple times a week, whether it's three times a week, whether it's every morning at a certain time, whatever it may be, to enter into a Sabbath rest. Not even times where you're just bringing like, things to God and like, having intercession prayers but just sitting under his light burden each day or once a week or whatever the case may be so that we can experience this light burden. Uh, worship team's going to come back forward here in a second and we'll do one more song before our time ends. Um, as we're going, I just wanted to share with you all uh, what happened to me just today with this. Um, this morning, I, I was really bogged down. I, I've seen so many stories about uh, 
just not even just pastors, but just people in positions of authority and things like that where um, they've just missed the mark. And, uh, you know, talking about things like affairs, talking about things like addictions and things like that. And, man, it, it just it weighed on me today. And I, I felt very heavy. I mean, I got very emotional and, you know, about it this morning thinking, you know, I, I just don't want to go down that road. I mean, I just don't want to. I just don't want to go down that road. And then I remembered, hey, his burden is light. His burden is light. And if his burden is not light in this moment, then there's something going on that I'm missing. And so what I did was I, I stopped work and I said, I can't even focus on work anyway, so I might as well just stop work and just pray. And I did. I got on my knees and I prayed. And I said, God, I know that I, I don't need to bear this weight. I don't need to bear this weight. And I, I gave it to him. I gave it to him. And a few minutes later, I just remembered just distinctly feeling that it was lifted. That God revealed to me, you know what, you, you hear a lot of those stories, but you don't hear the stories of years and years of faithful labor. Of, of people just living on mission. Because why? Because those don't make the headlines. The headlines are the, the big bad events. And he reminded me, man, he is doing so many good things. And he is going to continue to be good. And I don't need to be weighed down by these things. I can actually just come to him and experience rest and experience this light burden once again. Because his burden truly is light. And I don't know how you come in tonight, but I do know that we can find rest in the name of Jesus. And during this time of worship, if you need to come to the altar, if you need to talk to somebody, if you need to do whatever you need to do, but I want that truth to reign in your mind here tonight that we can encounter rest and a light burden in the name of Jesus. And I think it's up, up to us as believers, to set aside time, to set aside margin in our schedule so that we can continue over and over and over and over again to reflect on that truth that we can find rest in his name and we can find a light burden in his name. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you that like a lot of times your commands are, are invitations to us. And we thank you for that, that you, um, you don't just make commands. You, just, you, you do that because you want us to experience fullness of life. You said that in John 10, 10, you said that you have come so that we would have life and life to the full. And I pray that you'll make us a people who just understand your character in that way. That say, man, you, you want us to step into these things because you want us to experience fullness of life. And so, Father, help us to be a church that, that yeah, we like, we, we step into our responsibilities and we work hard and we get after it, man. But we also rest. We experience this light burden that you offer to us. Father, we love you a lot. Your name is great. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.